0: Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home earnestly, tenderly. Jesus is calling. Amen. Amen. (coughs) At the parish I previously served in San Diego, every Tuesday night we would hold a hunger supper. Typically, the folks who gathered around the tables in the parish or lived on the street, or they were housed but food insecure, not able to make ends meet and put bread on their own tables at home. Most were adults, but now and again children would be there who had spent the night sleeping in a car, or on the latest couch they would temporarily make their bed. We worked hard to live into the baptismal promise that says, as the body of Christ, we would seek to respect the dignity of every human being. We made the food ourselves in rotating teams and sat with our guests for the meal. Kids and adults from the parish served and cleaned and chatted. And we did all we could to collapse the distance between sanctuary and street. Over the years, we came to know many of the guests by name. We prayed together and shared in Bible study. Some of them we employed. And mostly, we learned how to listen to stories of lives that were both profoundly different to the circumstances of our own, yet were spoken by people in whom we could so easily see ourselves reflected back. The ministry was not without its challenges. There were skirmishes now and then, an array of mental health struggles coming to the surface. We had to balance it all with running a preschool right next door. The largest challenge was that a number of the local housed residents felt that we were enabling homelessness simply by opening our doors. In one meeting with our vestry, an immediate neighbor likened homeless people to rodents. It was hard not to condemn him at the time, but we knew that we had to create a space for understanding more than we needed to be right. A space, it turned out, that I was writing about in my former life, then as a very part time academic, as what post colonial thinkers call third space. If a wall is something that separates us from one another, then the third space might be understood as a bridge. It's what happens when people gather together in a hybrid space that is neither here nor there, but something new. The book I wrote at the time described Jesus as a third space practitioner, a bridging kind of person who drew people out of the ways they had previously been living into something new. Postcolonial thinkers have used the idea of a third space to describe how oppressed people resist dominating power. I was interested in how people who suffered poor mental health might rearticulate society's diminishment of their sense of self and agency. What I discovered the first Shrove Tuesday of my tenure in San Diego was then it comes to the spirit, and when that spirit wants to move, third space just happens. As my first Lent approached, a conflict loomed large on the horizon in the parish. Our hunger suppers were always on a Tuesday night because we were just one of several churches locally who were offering hospitality through the week. Tuesday was our day. The parish had a long-standing tradition of a Shrove Tuesday Pancake Supper. And a small number of folks, including a couple of vestry members, let me know that they weren't comfortable having the two groups join together. I began to receive suggestions. Perhaps they can come another time, earlier, or later, just not then. Maybe we could feed them outside, or in another part of the church, or give them food to go. The reasons offered for why we might make a change varied, but none of them were especially valid. We won't have room. This is the best one. The kids will eat all the pancakes first. People won't know where to sit until at last one of them told me the truth. I just don't like the smell. That was clarifying. Having been there for all of seven months, I decided that if the honeymoon was going to be over, then this was a good reason for it to be so. I offered the decision that we would share one table at the same time and celebrate Shrove Tuesday with a pancake hunger supper. Needless to say, some folks didn't come to Shrove Tuesday that year and made no secret of the fact afterwards. However, those who were excited about the prospect went all in We decorated the hall in Mardi Gras colors, hired a live band, and had more pancakes than we could have eaten. It was the first time for many parish families to get to sit with the weekly guests at the Hunger Supper. Two of our own kids were young enough to sit on our knees. It was a holy night. Yet the Spirit would make her entrance late on. As the band took a break toward the end of the meal, one of the guests, whom we had not seen before and it turned out wouldn't see again, stepped forward to ask if he could sing a song. As he took the mic and strummed the guitar, he began to sing Bob Marley's haunting redemption song, a soulful longing for emancipation from mental slavery. Surely a desire so many who lived on the streets felt every day. As he sang, the room simply became still. Where there had been buzzing of conversation fueled by no small amount of syrup and sugar, now we were held, enthralled. And I believe the spirit of the living God swept across us that night. A third space between us and them where we became more than we had been before the glory of God made manifest in one human being, fully alive. I suspect that same wind swept up around Abram's feet as he set upon the road away from his country and kin. As with each step, he moved into the space between who he had been and the person he was now emerging as. The Hebrew Bible is so keen to mark the fact that Abram undergoes a transformational journey in his life starting with the literal journey we hear in genesis this morning that it changes his name from abram to abraham go from your country and your kindred and i will bless you is god's promise depart from what you know and you will not be forsaken nor forgotten go and you will receive a blessing I also suspect that something of the wind of God's glory swirled around Nicodemus. It is too easy to treat Nicodemus as a cipher for the people of Israel who do not understand Jesus' message. Indeed, for too much of Christian biblical interpretation, Nicodemus has been seen as of a category of person rather than someone real. Like the Pharisees or the scribes, flat Caricatures of theological ignorance that the so called enlightened reader projects their superior understanding onto. The chilling implication for that way of thinking in Christian history is that this stereotyping of Jewish identity in a text can be traced as the beginning of the journey from ancient scriptures to modern day anti Semitism. The fact of the text remains, though, that it is Nicodemus who comes to Jesus. That same spirit that Jesus talks of as blowing where it chooses has already blown Nicodemus right in through the front door. Nicodemus may ask, How can these things be? But there he is, already stepping into a third space between the man he had been that morning and the man he would wake up becoming. The next dawn. Such is the movement of God in our lives. Religious leaders will imperil their standing in the assembly. To draw nearer to something of the divine. Their life longs to see for itself. Old men will leave hearth and home. To follow the call of a voice that promises a blessing. Well beyond the horizon. A church will open its doors wide enough to hear the song of its own redemption set alongside the hopes of people whose poverty so often precludes them from being heard. Such is the movement of God in the lives of people who feel something of that spirit about the life, something that they see that can't remain as it is. In Ellis Hall today, I will share with you Some of the hopes and longings of our neighbors here in Midtown. One of the desires of the Spirit we heard articulated to us by our neighbors about communities of faith is that we might have bigger doors, doors that will have sufficient room to let the city in, doors that will have room in us for us to step back out into the city. The shape of our future ministries and life together, remains unknown. What we do know is that the Spirit is moving in this place. The same God who so loved the world that it might have life. So let us trust that the one who calls is faithful and open these doors as wide as they will go. Amen.